Shalom, shalom lekulam. Welcome, welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Sammy Schechter, a brand new host here on the Stunt Show Slot. Once again, my name is Sammy Schechter. I hail from Los Angeles, California. Really excited and happy to be here and a part of the Nachum Siegel Network. Looking forward to an incredible, incredible show, spending time with you guys. Just a little bit about myself. Like I said, grew up in Los Angeles, California. Spent time at Eula High School. Then afterwards, moving on to Yeshiva Shai Mivaser Tzion, and then moving on from there to Yeshiva University, where I graduated with a major in psychology and a minor in Judaic studies. All incredible, incredible stuff. I currently find myself working at Sinai Schools High School, based in TABC, having a, a fantastic time over there. I as well serve as the Youth Services Coordinator for the National Council of Young Israel, helping all you youth groups out there. Anyone listening, shout out to you guys. Um, and I'm here now hosting the Nachum Siegel Network stunt show slot and excited as ever to be here. Today's show, we have an incredible group of four amazing people who are really, as I like to call, everyday heroes. We look into our world and try to find people who are making a difference and who are changing the world. And these four people are doing such that with the without, sorry, without the recognition or without the lights and the ruhaha, but they're making a difference every day, and I felt with everything going on, it's important to spotlight them and to remind people that, you know what, you can make a difference every day. You don't need those spotlights, you don't need those big TV advertisements, but these four people we're going to have today are really making a difference every single day. I'd like to dedicate this show, actually, um, in memory of a rabbi of mine, as well as a rabbi of many people of Los Angeles community, Rabbi Eliyahu Stewart, who unfortunately passed away last week, was a teacher of mine throughout high school, and I know has impacted my life as well as the life of many others. He is someone who took education both formally and informally, took it very seriously, and really made a huge impact on my high school career and my life today, as well as many other people of Los Angeles, and I'm sure throughout the world as well. So this show is in memory of Rabbi Stewart, and hopefully talking to these people and realizing the incredible things they're doing should serve as a, should elevate his neshama up there in Shemayim. Our first guest hails from Teaneck, New Jersey, who is a good friend of mine. We uh, have a good time together. We joke around, have a lot of fun times, but he also can uh, can be serious if he needs to be. He serves as an EMT in Teaneck. But um, I can tell you plenty about him, but I'd like to welcome him onto the show. Jesse, you out there? Yes, I am. Jesse Silverman, welcome to the show. How's, how are you doing over there? I'm doing quite fine. Thank you for asking. How are you, Sammy? No, thank you so much for asking. I really appreciate that. Doing well, doing well. Jesse, uh, can, you tell, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are? Uh, I'm Jesse Silverman. Like you said, I'm from Teaneck. Uh, I grew up there. I went to Frisch, Frisch Yeshiva High School. Uh, after that, I spent a year and a half in Israel in Yeshiva Torah Shraga, and uh, now I'm in my first year at Yeshiva University. Sounds like a party to me, Jesse. And Jesse, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about uh, how you got involved and what it is to mean to be an EMT? How often do you do it? So uh, I kind of always wanted to be an EMT. I'm actually a pre-med in college, and I want to be a doctor eventually, so uh, being an EMT was the first step for me. Uh, last year, I got back from Yeshiva um, in around the end of January and had a couple months to spare, so I spent that time uh, doing research, and I signed up for a course to become an EMT. Wow. So uh, I graduated that uh, around the end of March, beginning of May, 
and uh, beginning from the beginning of this September, I've been riding once a week, every Friday morning on a Keenig Valance ambulance course. Very cool, very cool. And do you feel that that takes, an, takes a toll on you with your studies? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really have any free time at all. <laughs> um, like, I don't. And uh, the only free time, uh, as most YU students get, is those uh, Friday mornings, which uh, I spend waiting uh, right next to the ambulance, waiting for any calls. Wow. Which, uh, you know, isn't always... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully not you don't get easy, any. But... So how many hours a day do you do that on Fridays? Um, that's uh, scheduled from 9 to 1, 4 hours, but realistically, I don't get out of there before 2, 2.30. Wow. You know, you can't uh, leave a call in the middle, so... Wow, very cool. And how, why, why, you said, you know, you've always wanted to be involved in EMT, and how do you feel, like, being, being an EMT... Do you feel, you know, do you feel the impact that you're having on people? How, what is it like, you know, arriving to a scene, you know, seeing people who need you, and do you have time to think and reflect on it at all, or it's just kind of, you just got to go yeah, out I and mean, do it? Yeah, I mean, there's always that balance. They said um, an experienced EMT, well, I'm not an experienced EMT, but an experienced EMT would tell you that, uh, you know, you have to go in for every call as professional. Since then, you're not a good EMT. You know, you need to approach each call as professionally, you know, you know what you're doing, take your training and go with it. But uh, there's always that emotional aspect uh, that, you know, you're being called to someone. Anybody that called 911 needs an ambulance, they're in need. And uh, Absolutely. where it might just be a routine call for me, it's one of the most emotional times for them. Uh, they're the ones that called, they're the ones that called 911. So, uh, you know, you always have to have that in mind. And, and when you get there and they, uh, whoever it is and whatever's going on with them kind of give you that look, eh, give you know, I, I think I'm just Jesse, and they look at me as the EMT <laughs> that they uh, are putting their lives into right now. Yeah. So uh, wow, it's really that must be an incredible feeling. Do you ever uh, do you ever bump into people you know? Thank you on the streets. Um, once, only once. You'd think more often, but uh, once I actually saw someone, and uh, we we're kind of just like walking past each other on a uh, on the sidewalk, and you know, you don't really like recognize right away. We kind of like gave each other that like look, like hey, we know each other, but we're not really sure why. And then as we're, as we're passing, I think it clicked in both of our minds, like, oh, like, yes, that's wow. how we know each other. And you know, I, I don't want to start a whole I don't want to bring it up. You don't want to bring it up, but we both know you do the awkward head nod, the, uh, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly that. That's really awesome stuff. Well, you're doing great stuff, Jesse. You're making an impact, that's for sure. I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> that's Definitely all we can ask. That's all we can ask. Very cool. Well, do you have any funny stories to share with us? Some funny stories. Well... I can't really uh, give you the exact... Don't worry. It's just me and Jesse. It's just me and you. No one else is here. Confidential. (laughs) Um, You know, it's uh, it's always funny when you get to someone uh, who doesn't really speak the same language as you. It's not a bad (laughs) thing. You know, people, America, lots of different types of people. (laughs) And uh, it's always more convenient when there might be like a son or a sister that and translate, that makes things easier sometimes, but other times, you know, you get to this person on their own, and they don't speak a word of English, and you don't speak a word of that language. <laughs> I you feel like, know what it is. at times like those, you probably learn those languages pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think I learned sign language instantly, <laughs> uh, and not, not the official sign language, the more like, ah, help me kind of thing. Yeah, that, I think that may be a global language. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesse, let me ask you another question, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot a little bit. Please. As someone, you know, like you said, you know, I'm sure you don't like the spotlight, and 
but you are, you know, you are really doing amazing things. And being an EMT is no easy job. Um, and I see that's, you know, that's something that you take upon yourself, you know, once a week, if not even more than that. I'm sure the course was difficult. And, you know, it's it's not easy, that's for sure. But I'm sure you make it look easy, or at least you put on, you know, put on that act, but you do a good job. But let me ask you, as someone who, you know, maybe doesn't have the strength emotionally or physically or mentally to do that, you know, to be an EMT, what is something that, you know, be it while you're an EMT or while you're just living your daily life, that's some, what is something that you think that you try to either think of or try to act upon every day, be it something big, something small, something that maybe, you know, you've got plenty of people listening, give them a message, something that you, they can do, something that you do to, you know, do that one thing every single day or do that, take on that small action every day. What is something that you think either you do or something that recommend other people to do to make that impact every day? I have a perfect example for you. I expect reason, nothing less. The reason I like being an EMT, let's go back to the reason for that, the reason I like doing that and the reason I got involved, one of the main ones is I, I like enjoy I enjoy helping other people. I, I, I think it's nice. You know, I, I get a little pleasure. It's a little selfish, honestly. I, <laughs> That's all right. I, I like I like when other people are helped. So selfishly, I help other people. Um, <laughs> Call it what you will. You're helping people. <laughs> but um, so I, I kind of have this like inner, you know. Um, so last year, beginning of the year, sometime I realized around the Beit Midrash where I learned the yeshiva. People, you know, they forget the garbage on the table, the cups, the coffee cups from the morning till the night, or, you know, they forget their lunches around. So I realized not, not, most people, you know, they see garbage around like, oh, like we need to clean this place up, you know, we should have like a nicer place. I more realized that if I wasn't going to pick up this cup or I wasn't going to throw out that guy's bowl, then somebody else had to come along and do it. You know, either I'm going to do it right now or someone else is going to have to do it if I choose not to. And by me not doing that, someone else is, I'm literally forcing someone else to do that. So it's kind of since I had that realization last year, whenever I see, you know, garbage around or something out of place, uh, you know, books in the library that should be in order that aren't in order. Right, yeah. Um, anything, anything like so small, simple things, like usually kind of say like, oh, you know, whatever, just like walk past it. Absolutely, kind we've of all been there. I consciously think if I don't fix this right now, I'm forcing someone else to do it for me. So, you know, take it upon myself and small things, just do it. It takes two seconds, done. I saved someone else two seconds in their life and now they can have those two seconds and, you know, sometimes bigger things. Sometimes it might take a couple of minutes. I'm, I'm sure I can find five minutes in my life to, you know, clean up a spilled over garbage instead of making some other guy who's Absolutely. not looking forward to that, you know. Yeah. Don't look the other way. We've all seen it. We've all seen that garbage. We've all seen it. <laughs> We've all been there. That's that's awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Well, Jesse Silverman, thank you very, very much for being here. Great talking with you, and uh, maybe I'll catch you later. Yeah, I probably will. See you on, uh, you know, around YU. We Sounds like a plan. Thanks again, Jesse. You're the man. Keep keep making an impact. Thank you, Sammy. For all those listening, you should know that Sammy is an incredible person as well. Okay, Helping all right. Where, who's who's in charge here? How do we cut him off? How do we get him off? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jesse. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks again. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to listen to a uh, quick song, pausing in between our speakers. Um, this song is actually an original hit by Chet Formation, the high school B'nai Kiva high school band in Los Angeles back in the day. And I'd like to give a shout-out, Asher Millman, Ori Konevsky, Donnie Kandel, David Korda, if by any chance you guys are listening, and any of you Chet Formation fans out there, please feel free to join along. Ladies and gentlemen, Sheer. I'm all out.
Hope you enjoyed that one. That brings me back, and I hope it brings you back too. At least if you knew the song. Our next guest hails from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a high school student who, as well, is making an impact in Philadelphia as well as the greater world as a whole, whether she knows it or not. Zoe Abudi, are you on the air? Hi. <laughs> Zoe, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm great. I'm wearing cool headphones. I'm talking in a microphone. Life is great. How was your trip to Israel? It was amazing. Really wonderful. Good. We'll have to catch up about that another time. But, uh, Zoe, thank you for coming on to the show. Really appreciate it. I know you're super busy. I appreciate you uh, taking out the time to join us. Oh, please. Thank you. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, and for those of you who know, Zoe runs, Zoe helps run the B'nai Kiva chapter in Lower Marion, Philadelphia. And uh, if I do say so myself, I've been there a few times, and I, uh, with all due respect to all those others, listening, uh, of Philadelphia very much happens to be one of the better ones out there. Um, but, uh, Zoe, you mind telling us a little bit about what you guys are doing over there? Uh, sure. Um, Benetikia of Philadelphia is incredibly unique, I think, even within its own community, because we are the only youth group that is empowering high schoolers to become leaders in the community and then educate the youth about B'nai Kiva values. And we run events in our community and we have our weekly sniff for the kids, um, educating them every week. But we have an incredibly fun flavor to everything we do. Everything has a fun theme to it and activities galore. So it's really amazing to connect these young kids in our community with the teenagers as well. Wow, that's really amazing. And Zoe, just 
if you could just repeat that again. So you mean that you high schoolers are running all programming from start to finish for all these younger kids in the community? From start to finish, everything is run um, by high schoolers, and we have um, incredible shlusim every single year that come from Israel. Um, for the past three years, we had the Kohens come um, to Philadelphia from Israel, and they jump-started the Nankiva um, and boosted it incredibly. And this year, we have the wonderful Goldbergs um, that have come from Israel, and they're amazing. That's really awesome. So what's it like doing all the technical stuff? What do you enjoy more, the technical stuff or the uh, in the action uh, with the kids? Uh, surprisingly, both. Good, good annoying. answer. Put you on the spot <laughs> yeah. and you nailed it. You nailed it. Seriously. <laughs> so what does that mean? You said you mentioned you have you have programming on Shabbos and you know all the time. And what what is that? What is Sniff exactly for those listening who don't really know what it's all about? What is, what does that mean? What's why is that different than kids hanging out at someone's house? Why why what do you guys do special uh, in your in your Sniff that uh, that draws the kids and excites them? Um. So one hour every single week. Um, we have uh, kids from third through eighth grade um, come into our shul, and the high schoolers have prepared an ex- educational activity for them, which is based off of a theme, different theme every week, which um, it is involved in our umbrella theme for the year. So every week they come in, they learn about a specific thing, whether um, it's um, according to our theme for modern Zionism or about Eretz Israel or Torah Israel, um, and an activity is run by a high schooler and is wow. pulled back to our um, educational theme, and they learn something every single week about our religious Zionist um, wow. educational plan. So how does that work? You, how do you take kids who, maybe I'm you know making a blanket statement, but most kids, chances are, not enjoying school, being in school, and can't wait till they get out, but yet you, you know, attract all these kids to come at least once a week, if not more, to your programming where they're learning and they're having a great time. So how do, what, what do you do that attracts them and makes them want to learn and spend time with you guys? Right. So that's why it's so unique because uh, one high schooler will come in with this educational seminar plan, but it's all based off of games and fun, engaging activities and the fact that like 20 high schoolers are taking an hour out of their weekend to spend with, with these kids means the world to them. And that's why they come every week. Wow. Do you have any uh, examples of, you know, maybe uh, an activity or a lesson or uh, maybe a uh, on a Shabbaton, things you've done on a Shabbaton, any exciting things that, you know, makes you guys, you know, want a program that you're proud of or want to show off to the crowd over here? Um. Well, I guess I would be remiss if I didn't mention our fun themes that we have every single Shabbaton. <laughs> Please so, do. <laughs> we have one educational, um, you could say serious theme for every Shabbaton, but we also have a fun theme that coincides with it, whether it's Toy Story and every single um, high schooler um, counselor comes in dressed up as a different character <laughs> and gets the kids incredibly involved. That's um, awesome. Or The Lion King, and we have really deep and meaningful skits from the movie. Um, that's it, it's incredible and wonderful. That's so cool. And, you know, I've I've heard of things you guys do there. I heard there was one uh, Shabbaton where you guys, what in the world do you do with 60 pizza boxes, some duct tape, 
and Nerf guns. How do, how do you how do you turn that into an activity? So that's one of our um, famous ones. Um, for two months, my brother had collected pizza boxes from all over town, and for ten minutes, um, all the kids were gathered into um, the basement of our show and had to create these incredibly big uh, fortresses. And after 10 minutes, while they were in the dark, the room was illuminated and 20 high schoolers run in through the other end <laughs> and engage them in this intense Nerf gun fight. And they have to make allow their structure to stay up without falling. And it was insane, and it was incredible. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. So all you pizza eaters out there, don't throw away your boxes. You can <laughs> use them. You can just don't do it at home, and don't tell them you heard from me. But you can use them. And Zoe, there's, there's, I would, I would be embarrassed not to mention, what, what is this coconut that you speak of that, uh, that rumors are going around? You asked. But so, let's set, let's set it to rest. Do we know where it came from? <laughs> um. We do. There's a legend There's that's a legend. developing. Hada, 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 hada. And the legend is that um, there was a B'nai Kiva event several years ago that was uh, uh, circled around ice cream sundaes, and they brought ice- coconut shavings as a possible topping, but nobody took the coconut shavings, and they had this entire coconut that and decided to bring it to sniff every week. But then the coconut got disgusting and they decided they had to bring a new coconut for every single Shabbaton they had and now every single Shabbaton that involves the name Cube Philadelphia you will see a coconut and there. you heard it here that is the legend and until yep. someone proves this otherwise that's the story but it's re- <laughs> really that's really awesome it sounds like you're doing amazing things there Zoe and I know I've seen it firsthand you guys really are doing incredible things and you see the unique ability of you know First of all, having role models, these high schoolers serving as role models to the younger, you know, to the younger kids of the community and kids wanting to learn and wanting to grow and wanting to learn from people and learn about their history, about Tanakh, about, you know, Israeli Zionism, all these different things. And you can see coconuts, pizza boxes, duct tape, it really, education and inspiration can really come from anything. And really what it comes from is the person. And Zoe, you're, you and along with the rest of the Madrichim, shout out to all those Philly Madrichim, oh, yeah. current Philly Madrichim, future Philly Madrichim, and past Philly Madrichim. Um, you guys are really doing amazing work over there, and there's a reason you're making a difference in your community, and you know, shouldn't it's not a small thing. Um, before I let you go, Zoe, just want to, again, don't want to put you on the spot too much, um, but you do, I know you work hard, and you know, this is one thing you do, I'm sure there's plenty of other things you spend your time with, but one, you want to leave a one message or one you know, kind of pointer to, to our people listening today. You, you spend a lot of time educating the youth and inspiring your fellow high schoolers to, you know, to be their best and these younger kids to be their best and, make, and you know, to continue to, lo- to learn and to grow. What is something that, you know, you, either you do or, you know, recommend people to do, um, you know, in their everyday lives? People are always looking at the big picture, but what is something small? The small things really make a difference as well something that you do or you want to advise other people to do in their everyday lives to make a difference in the world? Well, one thing that I think I've learned from my experience with working in B'nai Kiva and and involving myself in community service is that the small acts should not be underestimated. I know that every single week when 
showing up on time to sniff means so much to these kids. If you are there two minutes early, they see it and they appreciate it, and it absolutely reflects in the way that they respond to you. If you bring props in to the activity, then they know how much effort you've put in. So just one hello and one smile to uh, anybody, anywhere, really can mean so much, and it should not be underestimated. That's awesome. And I know, Zoe, you're definitely one of those better ones who give good hellos, (laughs) good smiles, and, you know, people don't forget it, like you said. Well, thank you so much, Zoe, uh, for taking out time in your busy schedule to join us. Um, hope you. you, uh, hope all you out there learned a little bit about Zoe and about the things she does. And, uh, thank you again for everything you do, Zoe. You are, you are fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Zoe. All the best. So, uh, thank you. Uh, you heard from Jesse. You heard from Zoe. We're going to turn to another, uh, another original song. The tune might sound a little bit familiar. Um, but the words themselves are, uh, not so familiar. It's a Sammy Schacht original, actually. I'm sure many of you may have heard of it before. Um, crossing paths with me one way or another. Um, but without further ado, say amen. I'm in the bacon set and I'm ready to pray. Baruch she'amar shma'en shemona esrei. I knew it's something special when I say your name. When I say your name. Now I can't Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo 
Say Amen. That was Say Amen by yours truly, Sammy Schechter. Once again, another thing that uh, you can do every day, saying Amen, doesn't make take much. Just three letters, not much, doesn't take much effort, but can make a big difference. Our next guest is someone that uh, I actually had the privilege of uh, spending a little bit of time with the past uh, month or so. Um, just met him recently. Um, he hails, uh, you know what, I'll let him tell you about himself. Uh, Levy, you there? I'm here. Levy, Levy, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. How's it going? I'm good. Thank you very, thank you very much. Most people don't ask, but I appreciate you asking. So, Levy, you might, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I see you were struggling with my origins. I'm from Brooklyn. I was going to say Brooklyn, but I didn't want to, you know, embarrass myself on public. But yes, go on, Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. I've been living here for around 11 years, and I'm married to my amazing wife, who moved here with me around a year and change ago. And I currently meet at my, work at Masbia, where you and I met, yeah, and I've so. been working there for around a year as well. Wow, very cool. Masbia, magical place where we met. But uh, so, what what is Masbia for those of, those people who don't know what it? What is Masbia? What is that? So Masbia is a network of kosher soup kitchens that are located in Brooklyn and Queens, and they serve upwards of 500 meals a day, five days a week. And the special thing about Masbia that I found is that it's a place where all are welcome. There are no requirements. There's no bureaucracy by us. Anyone who's looking for a hot, delicious, kosher meal can walk in during the hours that we're open, that we serve, and they're more than welcome to eat with no questions asked. Wow, very cool. And it's what's what's the setting like? Can you is it is it a soup kitchen? Is it you know? Can you tell it's a soup kitchen? Sure. So w- one of the things that we pride ourselves on is operating as much like a restaurant as is physically possible. And what that means is, is for our clients that when they come in, an individual greets them and volunteers that are trained by our wonderful staff um, serve people personally. Everyone who comes in doesn't have to wait on a line. They're given a seat. They're served. Their very tables cool, are bussed. Cool. Their bread, their pickles, their water, whatever it is, is brought to them. Wow, that and must... the the point of that, if I may say, is that we're trying to not only be in the cycle of poverty, but to really put an end to it. And what that means for us acting as a restaurant is that we're able to kind of help people get a little boost at the end of the day. They've had a hard day. They may not have made enough money to buy a meal, but it doesn't mean that they don't deserve to be treated with the dignity and respect that people who can't afford a meal are able to have. Wow, that's really amazing. So what is it? What is exactly that you do? What is What is a day... You know, your average day at Masbia, like, you know, I'm sure there's plenty to do. What What is an average day like? So we are open for around 13 hours during the day, although we only serve for four and a half of those. And we spend most of the morning doing kitchen prep work. And that's a lot of what my job is, is managing large groups of volunteers who come and join us every single day of the week and are able to assist us in preparing 15 hundred pounds of vegetables approximately every week that we need to feed people and to prepare our pantry program, which is able to help another 1,100 people on Thursdays get bags of food for the days that we are closed. So volunteers are always coming in. They're, They're something that we wouldn't be able to exist without, and they're always there to assist us, and I assist them to do that. 
Wow, that's really amazing. And how often do you do you guys get volunteers every day, and are some time, some days more difficult than others? There are definitely times where it's more difficult than others to get volunteers. Uh, depends on schools and camps and vacation and snow days. But we do get consistent volunteers that come in every single day, and we have relationships with organizations and with groups that have been coming back. Now, I've been there a year, and people have come from Florida more than once. Wow. And different schools have come multiple times. Wow, that's really that's really amazing. That's very cool stuff. So you, from, from what are your hours from start to finish? You start in the morning and you end, you close up shop at night. What are your hours? So I'm there from around eight o'clock in the morning until one or two o'clock in the afternoon, doing the prep work and getting things set up. From three to seven thirty, we serve clients. And then we take it all down, clean it up, and get ready for the next day. And that's all done by around nine o'clock. Wow! Wow! And then a good night's sleep for all, more or less. And, that, right. and how did yeah, you, how did you get involved in Masvia? So it's an interesting question. When I learned in Eretz Yisrael, I learned in yeshiva in Givat Shaul. And on Friday, most yeshivas don't have seder, and I had nothing to do. And so I went to a soup kitchen locally, um, and I really enjoyed being there and helping out. And when I came back to America. I had gone to Masvia a few times, and then during Hurricane Sandy, I really had an opportunity to get involved. They went from making 500 meals a day to almost 3,500 meals a day for several weeks, and I was able to help assist them do that, to deliver food to the Park Slope Armory, where many nursing homes had been evacuated to. So although it was a terrible time, it was, you know, it was kind of exciting yeah, of to be able to see all the good that people in New York were able to do and that Maspia was able to do for the community. Wow, that's really, that's, that's amazing stuff that you're doing over there. And why, why do you, you know, for the people listening, um, why do you find this so important? Obviously, you know, we want to help people, um, but why, why must, why, why'd you pick Maspia over any other, uh, you know, amazing opportunity? I think that the answer to that is that what makes Maspia extremely unique is that they make it as easy as possible for anyone to get help by being extremely non-judgmental. You and I and everyone listening, we all know that terrible things can happen to anyone. It's not your fault if someone in a family gets hurt or gets sick and the perfect emergency plan isn't in place or you have a plan and your emergency lasts longer than your plan is supposed to last. And I think it's important that we're there for people who need us. We all need help at some point, and Masvia is able to be there for anyone. There is no discrimination. There's no asking of any questions. They just know that the people who walk in are people who really need help to eat that day, and it's it. It's as simple as that. Wow. I'm sure, you know, we've all, in one way or another, I'm sure we've all been in those kind of scenarios, and I'm sure it means a lot to, to those people that you're there for them, and they know that you're there for them. Right. So for those of us who, you know, don't have the opportunity to be there every day, um, how how can we help um, for those of us who are either in close to Brooklyn and able to get there or maybe, you know, not so easy to get there? How how can those listening and people all over, how can we help you and help them? Sure. sure. So definitely for individuals who don't live as close to Maspia as those who can come volunteer often, I would say organize a group. Work with your shul, work with the youth group. Come by to one of our locations either in Queens or in Brooklyn and check out what we do. Uh, to volunteer, you can always email our volunteer office at volunteeramasbia.org or go online to our website at masbia.org and get involved. And further, 
obviously, um, everything costs money, staffing, facilities, a lot of the food is donated, and not much of our funding is able to come from the government because we need to keep all of our facilities kosher and up to our standards. Right. So all of our funding is private. So obviously, any help that we get always translates into immediate uh, help for uh, our clients. We've been able to uh, increase the amount of food that we give every year, and that's probably a direct correlation to SNAP and other benefits being reduced. So any way that people can chip in and to help out for those around them who are unfortunate is extremely important. Wow, that's a, that's a no small task. But like you said, you know, if everybody chips in, you know, everyone gives a little bit, um, you know, it can really make a difference. Wow, that's really your, Levy, you do incredible work over there. I saw it firsthand, you. and uh, you know, I'm sure the people who who are coming there, you know, to eat, and people who see you in action, people who are hearing you talk about it, you know, it's very clear you're very passionate about it. Um, Thank you. And it's really, really incredible to see and to hear about. Um, one more, uh, one more question or two before I let you go. Sure. Um, I know you gave a lot of, a lot of different, uh, and um, you know, I'm gonna hopefully take those to heart as well. You give a lot of like tidbits and pieces of advice of people, you know, to, you know, to, you know, give human beings that are on this world, you know, they deserve dignity and they deserve human respect. You talked about, you know, not being judgmental, um, being there for people. You know, people in this world, times are difficult. Everybody needs help. Um, so you already gave a lot of, you know, little uh, little snippets of uh, pieces of advice and ways that you, I'm sure you live your life and advice to people how they can live it. But um, just to ask you again, what is, you know, one or two ways that either, you know, that you live, that shape your life, you know, values that you shape shape your life and you, you try to do every day or piece of advice that you can give to other people, you know, the small things in life, you know, how to help in a small way, but, you know, really the small, really snowballs into big and really makes a big impact. So what, what one, one piece of advice or something that, you know, you do that you, uh, you like to share with the crowd? Sure. So I think that, and you actually warned me about this question, and I spent a lot of time thinking about it. <laughs> and I, I got a little nervous, but I think that, that something that came to me that's extremely important is to always be willing to say yes. Oftentimes, we're too willing to say no. An opportunity to assist someone to help someone else maybe advance in a certain way comes to us, and we think it's too difficult. It's going to take too much time out of my day. It's going to be annoying. I'm not going to be able to do it. And there's always more than one way to skin a cat. There's always some way to get to an answer, to get to a solution, to accomplish the goal. And the way to do that is to always say yes, is to always think in the positive that this is probably something that I'm able to figure out and I'm able to help this person with and challenges will present themselves and will either prove to be possible or impossible, but you'll never know unless your answer is yes. So I think that that's something that's very important to remember when opportunities do come, you know, one's way when they present themselves to you, that you're always willing to kind of step out there and be there and experience what will happen if you just say yes. Wow. That's make an excellent point. And it seems like a very simple point, but you, you said it beautifully and, it's really not a simple point, and it's really, you know, if we can all, you know, take that upon ourselves, you know, it can really make a huge difference. Well, Levy, thank you again very much. You know, you also are a busy guy. I appreciate you taking out the time to, no to talk Thanks with for us. having me. And, uh, again, you know, any anyone living near Brooklyn, able to get to Brooklyn, you know, get over there to Maspia, help them out, you know, find ways to help Maspia out. Levy does incredible work, um, and he could use your help. So, Levy, thank you again, and keep, keep so doing much. great stuff.
All right. Have a great one. You too, Leif. Thanks again. Bye-bye. All right. That was Levi Shapiro from Brooklyn representing Masbia, another uh, everyday hero who's really making an impact every single day. Before uh, before our uh, our last and final guest, we'll, uh, we're going to switch the uh, mood a little bit, send another song your way. This song is a uh, another uh, tune is not so original, but the words are uh, original itself. Talks a little bit about um, you know making it to Israel one day, you know that day when we finally uh, finally get there, the journey, what it's like, how does it feel looking around making Aliyah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you, we're making Aliyah today. Welcome to the land of honey and milk Am I gonna fit in? Jumped in the cab, here I am for the first time Look to my right and I see the television sign This is all so crazy Everybody seems to enjoy me My tummy's turning cause I had a bad trauma Two more Tina and Chumos That's when the taxi man turned on the radio And the Porsche she was on And the Porsche she was on And the Porsche she was on So I put my hands up We're finally here and the butterflies fly away Nodding my head like yeah Shuckling like yeah I got my hands up We all moved on We saw this here Tuesday yeah, we're making Aliyah today. Yeah, we're making Aliyah today. Is as a place we all should be, every Jew from around the world. The first Aliyah from Syria, and every Russian boy and girl. Thinking Poland and Hungary, post-Holocaust from Germany. Then the group from Yemen, Ethiopian men and women. My tummy's turning cause I had a bad trauma Too much Tina and Chumos That's when my Rebbe gave my favorite schmooze And the Musser she was on And the Musser she was on And the Musser she was on So I put my hands up We're finally here and the butterflies fly away Nodding my head like yeah Chuckling like yeah And I got my hands up We all moved home Mommy's soil is here to stay we're making Aliyah today. Yeah, we're making Aliyah today. Feel like I've been on a flight. Mm, back to my homeland tonight. Nefesh, but nefesh, way up high. Alona, Ale, Ami, Sorel, Chai. So I put my hands up, we're finally here. The butterflies fly away Not in my head like yeah Chocolate like yeah And I got my hands up We all moved home Mommy soil is here to stay Yeah We're making Aliyah today Yeah We're making Aliyah today So I put my hands up We're finally here The butterflies fly away Not in my head like yeah Chocolate like yeah And I got my hands up We all moved home Mommy's soul is here to stay Yeah We're making Aliyah today Yeah We're making Aliyah today That was Making Aliyah Today 
Hope you enjoyed that one. Um, before uh, we get to our last and uh, our final uh, hero of the day, um, just to uh, give a little shout out to any of those everyday heroes that are still out there in the world, and there are plenty of them. Um, feel free if you're listening, if you feel like you're uh, you'd like to be on the show, or you know someone who's really doing great things out there. Feel free to shoot me an email, Sammy at NahumSiegel.com. Shoot me an email, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and, you know, you'd like to be on the show or a friend of yours who uh, who's doing great things who you think should be on the show. You got a funny joke you want to tell me. My email is always open. Um, and until I learn how to uh, stop that, it's always open and I'm uh, looking forward to hearing from all of you. Just, uh, just a little recap. Again, uh, we've talked to three amazing people so far today. Started with Jesse, the EMT, from TNEC. We, we moved on to Zoe, who's a high schooler running educational program for the youth of Philadelphia. Moved on to Levy from Brooklyn, representing Mas Bia and the uh, incredible work at the soup kitchen over there. Just, uh, just a little, uh, little bit more about, um, what the show is about. We, uh, we decided to do a little bit. Everyone's always, again, looking to those big moments and, uh, you know, who am I? Everyone's thinking, who am I? Who am I to make a difference? You know, if I can't go big, then I might as well not do it. What's, you know, must, might as well not do it at all. When really, uh, that's not the fact. That's not the case. You know, there's opportunities. A little smile, a little thank you can go a really long way. And you never know how things work. You know, one thing could happen and, um, you know, you can end up get doing, uh, doing a radio show. Just a little, it's a funny story actually how I, uh, got this radio show. I was uh, working at, uh, like I said, Sinai Schools in Teaneck. Uh, it's a story how I got that job as well. But um, so they sent me, uh, they sent me, uh, sent me shopping to the uh, little, give a little, another shout out to Cedar Market. Sent me shopping to Cedar Market uh, right before Perm. I was putting uh, together a Perm Carnival for our guys over there at Sinai School. And uh, never been to Cedar Market. They sent me there, and um, I'm, you know, minding my own business. Going through the going through the aisles, and uh, the Nachum Siegel Network was doing their own little stunt show over there, and doing a little prices right. You know, it looked like a little fun, but again, just minding my own business, going up and down the aisles. And uh, Miriam Wallach grabbed me against my will and said, "Go, you're gonna get me on the show." With no time to uh, debate at all, I said, "All right, I love a good time and uh, happy to be a part of it." So they grabbed me, and for one reason or another, they uh, they liked what I was doing, and. Uh, I was having a good time with it. I apologize if I stole the show a little bit, but, uh, you know, you asked me to join, I'm going to give it my all. And, uh, you know, whatever, long story short, I was having a good time with it. And uh, after the show, Miriam asked me, she said, you know, she said to me, uh, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from. All I know is I want you back on the show. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate you asking me to join the show, Miriam. Um, and I joined the show a few weeks later as a guest on Miriam's show. Um, and then a few weeks after, uh, they offered me to join the, the stunt show team. So again, you know, you never know how things work. You know, you can be just going shopping for cantaloupe and marshmallow fluff, and you can end up, you know, having your own show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Dreams do come true, ladies and gentlemen. Dreams do come true. So, um, again, just to, uh, you know, do follow those little things. And, um, little things could be, like we said, little things, every, every person is like a world. And um, you never know what small things could happen in that world. And um, just to end off with one more song, an original, eh, not an original at all actually, but a little remix that a friend of mine, Avishai Schlesinger and I, compiled. 
Um, while we were in Israel, Shana Bet, for the year, studying Mivaseret, um, we recorded our own little version of, um, you know, being in Israel, looking around and seeing, you know, Israel is kind of like a whole new world. And uh, being in Israel and looking at life in a different light and seeing, uh, you know, those small things can make a difference and change the world. So without further ado, a whole new world. Now when did you last let your heart decide? I can open your eyes Take you wonder by wonder Over sideways and under On a magic carpet ride A whole new world A new fantastic point of view to tell us no or where to go the same we're only dreaming a whole new world a dazzling place I never knew but when I'm way up here it's crystal clear but now I'm in a whole new world with you now I'm in a whole new world with you Shout out and uh, memory uh, down walk down memory lane for Avishai and I. Um, but just remembering those small things could really turn into a whole world. As our last and final guest, we have a little bit of time left uh, to hear from our final guest, who is a good friend of mine and someone who, you know, the small things matter. But she's really taken those small things and turned them into big things, and continues to find small things and to turn them into big things as well. Uh, a good friend of mine um, who. We met a few years back and have been involved in a lot of great opportunities, you know, helping out different people um, with Yachad and uh, different high schoolers, you know, formally, informally educating them um, and spending time with, uh, you know, making an impact in, in, the, in the Yachad world. She started her uh, own, uh, I guess we can call it an organization, her own movement called Knock Knock Give a Sock. It's been, uh, it's been a been quite the uh, journey started off with uh, just a small 
small uh, gesture of you know giving people socks, and it's turned into a whole wide, uh, you know, almost world, but maybe not world yet, but we're getting there. Movement of um, you know spreading the word about you know giving socks um, to donating not used um, fresh warm socks to the uh, to the homeless who need uh, who really need support and um, like when uh, I'll let her uh, share the story of how it actually happened, but um, really an incredible thing that she does finding you know socks are really not such a big deal whatsoever as a friend of mine once put socks are the cream of the shoe foot Oreo. Um, as delicious as that sounds, but no, not such a big deal to give someone some socks. But uh, really, really, uh, really can make a big difference. So without um, further ado, I'd like to welcome a really good friend of mine and someone who I continue to learn from, Adina Lichman. I'd like to welcome her to the show. Adina, are you there? Hi, yes. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. The pleasure's all mine as well as everyone who's listening. How are you doing? Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Adina? Um, my name is Adina Lachman. I'm Check. 22 years old. Check. And I'm currently a student at New York University. And very I'm cool. studying social work with a minor in art. And very excited about socks this semester. Very excited about socks, aren't we all? What what is this knock knock give a sock? How did this come about, and how is how have you gotten it to be such a big deal? So it started last year at a Hillel event where we had sandwich making with none other than Yachad. Woot Shout woot. Yachad. Shout out to YBY thirteen. Exactly, and we're <laughs> making sandwiches, and then we brought them all to the shelter, and then. I just decided to bring 10 or 12 sandwiches to, you know, bring to people face-to-face. So as I was bringing them around, one man stopped me and said, you know, Adina, it's so nice that you're giving out these sandwiches, but one thing we can really use are socks. With the winter coming, you know, we wear four or five pairs at night usually. That's one thing we could really use. So I looked at him. I learned his name. His name was Diego. And I was like, Diego? I'm going to do whatever I can to get you a few pairs of socks. <laughs> and, and I run upstairs. <laughs> and I run upstairs to my room and I open my drawer and I see that I have pink socks and polka dotted socks and socks that aren't going to fit Diego or his friends. <laughs> so then I decide, you know what? I'm sure there are other people who live on my floor who will have feet size that are closer to his. So I knock on every door on my floor and ask each person for just one pair of socks. In a matter of 15 minutes, I got over 40 pairs of socks. Wow. Wow. And then the next morning, I woke up, and there were another 25 pairs in front of my doorstep from people who either had to do laundry or didn't have (laughs) socks in them right away. And they even still thought to come to my door and drop off a pair of socks. Wow. That's amazing. And now how many socks have you collected? (laughs) Well... This was around 11 months ago. Now we have close to 12,000 pairs having been collected so far. Wow, that's a lot of socks. <laughs> and if, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not no math whiz, but if you multiply that by two, that would be 24,000 socks. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's really amazing, Adina. That's really incredible that you do that. And what what Thanks. is something you know? I know I I mean I'm a good friend of yours, and I know all the thing many of the things, probably not all. Um, you know, but with all our listeners listening, 
you know, to all these different people who are making a difference in the world, starting small, but, you know, the small things matter. What is something that, you know, either you do every day or something you can give advice to our fans listening of, you know, a small thing they can do to really make an impact to the world? So there are actually two two things that I would like to, you know, impart as words of wisdom. Let's hear them. Um, one would be, and this lesson I actually learned the night that I was giving out sandwiches. I was giving out sandwiches expecting, you know, that's what people need, you know? That's what people want. And that was me assuming that I knew what a certain population needed. And I think when it comes to community in general, it's so important to ask what you can do to help, to ask people what they need, as opposed to assuming that you know what somebody wants or knowing what somebody needs. I think listening and hearing and asking are the three most important things you could do. Hearing, you know, literally just using your ears, listening, and really taking in what people are saying and asking. I think asking is one of the most important things. And I think as Jews, it's an integral part of Judaism to always ask. Always ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And for the second part, in terms of little things that people can do every day, um, I think... Life, you know, we have so many. You just walk out your outside your door, and there are tons of opportunities. But one of the hardest things is opening your eyes, you know, especially with an iPhone, with your headphones, with you know, wanting to see your friends. There's so many different things that can distract you from really just looking and opening your eyes. Absolutely. But I think what's really important is, and this is something like I kind of play a game when I walk down the streets of New York City. I I kind of see it as I spy, you know, looking out for things that you can do. You know, if you really open your eyes, if you put your phone back in your pocket, if you take your headphones out of your ears and you just literally look around, all of a sudden you'll see that older lady who needs help with her bags. You'll see that guy who's having trouble opening the door because he's holding three boxes. All of a sudden you start seeing. Wow. And there are tiny ways to help. But they're so easy. Wow. And it's just about Beautifully put playing it, I Spy. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And I hate to cut you off because I know you and I especially can talk for hours. But um, really, I really, I, you know, the things you do are really amazing. And you along with, you know, Jesse's message of, you know, looking, picking up small things, picking up garbage. Zoe's message of, you know, saying hello and smiling. Levy's message of, you know, don't be afraid to say yes. And, you know, thinking positive and respecting people. And like you said, listening and, you know, being aware is really a huge deal. So, Adina, thank you so much for being here. And thank you all for listening. And we're really looking forward to continuing the show throughout the year. Thank you to all our guests. Thank you to all our listeners. And have a fantastic day.